It's audio podcast time. It's audio podcast time. I must, I must go back and have a listen to this tune. It's amazing. <laughs> it's audio podcast time. This is episode 89 of the audio podcast. Super wizard. I am Scott Hewitt. Hooray. This week I'm joined by... Adam Yanch. Hello, Hello everybody. Adam. And uh, and you know just a little uh, a little update on on tech. So you can see here that I've got my normal headphones on, um, but this week I've finally managed to get working a lapel mic, which isn't attached to my hoodie. Um, last week I tried it, but uh, but Google Hangouts didn't like my audio card, so I'm using a different. Uh, piece of kit for audio interface today and that is this a zoom h4n which is at the moment set into audio interface mode so there you go a little bit of background on uh, my side of the show um what what are you using these days scott hewitt well using these days oh um, i am i have the 828 and a mic going into there into the hangout and then i'm using the built-in audio out on the mac to do that because nice. it seems fairly solid like that. If I try and use the headphone out on the 828, it seems to go a little flaky for some reason, the Hangout, so like that. And I have oh. my webcam, which broke last week, but is currently running okay, but maybe we'll break Can't again. We'll Fantastic. Oh, yeah. So, uh, that's, that's what we're basically running. Um, I think we should get into the news, Scott. Let's get into news. So remember, our show notes, as always, are available at theaudiopodcast.co.uk slash show slash number 89. This is a show 89 super wizard. So if we start, first of all, a little bit of news, but uh, Hans Zimmer has released the soundtrack to Man of Steel. Um, it's available as an 11.1 surround, but more interestingly, I thought, that he's actually also released a version of it encoded in Headphone X. So... um. Mm. Headphone X gives you a immersive surround sound experience using standard headphones. To actually use the to use the kind of files, though, you have to actually download the application that's required to do that, which is called Z Plus. But um, you get a free download of Z Plus when you buy the um, the Superman soundtrack, well, the Man of Steel Excellent. soundtrack. So, so I, are we I haven't thinking, tried it, but it's cool. It's cool. Are we thinking that's a, like a binaural processing type deal? Yes, to effectively, it's. But I, I don't believe it's using a binaural recording technique. It's actually being processed to sound to work in kind of the same way that a binaural recording is designed to work with a pair of headphones. Yeah, there you go. Have Have you seen Man of Steel? I have. Oh, yes. was it good? Um, the. It, uh, I I wasn't. It's probably one of the better Superman movies of recent times, but I'm I wasn't massively convinced by it. I have to be honest. It it takes a interesting, it takes an interesting but obvious angle. To the okay. to the show, shall we say? All yes. right, all right. <laughs> so there you go. That's a kind of uh, partial. That's not really a thumbs up. It's a kind of uh, kind of semi thumbs up there. And Scott, you I haven't seen it, so I cannot comment. Um. So yeah, uh, Man of Steel, Headphone X, download the thing, buy the thing. Um, thing. <laughs> you, you can find yeah. all the links and all the promotions online. 
Yes, yes. Um, you can also find online a reactor promotion, uh, which... Oh, is Native Instruments made reactor? I'm getting confused, aren't I? I thought Propellerhead made reactor. It's definitely Native Instruments. Did I type yeah, it? Oh, I would not have typed it. Yeah. I, I'm getting confused because they do recycle yeah. and they do reason and they both begin with an R-E. So yes, I think you're right. Re reactor is... Uh, I'm getting mixed up between reactor and reason. So um, Native Instruments are running a promotion uh, offering discounts to Reactor 5 and 50% off instruments uh, such as Prism and Spark. Uh, yeah. Are there, are there any more details to that one? Yeah, well, there's the, the whole side I'm saying as well as Prism and Spark. It's also Scanner XT, Razor... Um, do the mouth and the finger as well. Um, promotion runs until June the 20th. Yeah. If I remember correctly, it's the end of June the 20th CMT. There you go. America time. CM like Central. Central, Central CET, maybe Central America time. You can find all the details online about taking advantage of the offer and, you know, it's kind of pricing and availability as well. All those details are online with a link coming straight off, straight off the site. I thought that was a good deal, actually. I'm saying it's a substantial saving off, um, you know, off Reactor. So, well, you know. and, and Reactor is a very, uh, well, it's complex, but it's also very flexible. So, yeah. So it would be good for those of you who are very interested um, in experimentation and this is yeah i haven't used reactor i don't think i <laughs> i think it's just it's gone off my radar but i should probably have a look at it i'd probably quite enjoy it um cool. now so here's the, here's an interesting one we're kind of going into uh legal territory uh copyright uh legal territory to be exact um Happy birthday, the tune that we all play, that we all get sung on our birthdays, though some of us wish actually there's no point to uh, sing happy birthday on my birthday. Uh, but if you want to actually put happy birthday into a film or a TV programme, for example, you have to clear it. You have to pay the rights holder. And it's, it, it sounds incredible that happy birthday isn't public domain and somehow is... Um, it, it has copyright um, restrictions on it but someone uh, a filmmaker um, whose first name is Jennifer I believe that shows how much I've looked at it I did actually pick this one out and put it on the site but a filmmaker has challenged this and is suing uh, the copyright holder and basically saying you, you know, there is no copyright on this. I think, is it to do with the fact that there's actually a song before Happy Birthday that has the same melody? I, I believe so. I'm saying, first of all, the amounts of money involved here are substantial. Apparently, it is a subsidiary of Time Warner who claim to own the, the copyright and thus extract licensing for Happy Birthday. And apparently it was worth $2 million last year. So, is what I say. Um, but apparently there is an earlier... It, it's still being under copyright is being based on its original publication date, and apparently there is a dispute over when that actually... when the first publication of it actually occurred. 
And the issue is actually further complicated by the fact that it is... Obviously, when you see Happy Birthday, it doesn't generally have a name on the top of it. It actually says a non, because there is also a kind of contesting over who actually, who perhaps wrote it or where the song actually emerged from as well. So what we have is a situation where copyright is being extracted and license fees are being extracted when people want to use a piece of music, which nobody's quite sure who wrote it or when they wrote it. And it's those kind of complications. It's all those kind of issues which have made it, which have allowed the current situation to continue. Because until all of those issues are resolved, somebody can essentially say, "Well, we think we own it, and we're going to collect money from it." And we'll either give you the option and take us to court over it, or you can just pay us, which is essentially what's been going on. In, well, I think it's a nice thing that I think it's a nice thing that someone's, you know, basically saying, "No, we're not going to be." you know pushed around by you because i think that's uh, i think you know a song like happy birthday it's got to be public domain it's ridiculous that you'd have to actually pay someone to put it into a film i'm just trying to have a look um, i've got the article up here right now um jennifer nelson that's the name of the filmmaker who is uh, spearheading this so um, I, I don't know if there's any way of uh, putting in your support or showing you know that you want to kind of you know say yes duh, duh, duh. but uh, have a of course have a look at the show notes and have a look at the uh, original article on Ars Technica as well because uh, it's very interesting ah, very good very good we go along, uh, if we move on again, so our door, everybody's favourite open source store, which is really awkward to install. Um, is or, it not or you the can only, pay to get. Is it not the only open source door? No, there, there's a few other options, there, but don't get me distracted. Version 3.2 <laughs> has been released and now includes support for, um, for, for video. So essentially you can load in a video track and then do frame-by-frame synchronisation with an audio track alongside it as well. So that's quite a big update. Yeah, well, it's a significant update if you want to use Ardor for video work. Um, it has a couple of clever tricks to it as well, because I, I read it and I thought, oh, you'd just be able to load in, a, you know, load in a video and you'll get kind of thumbnails across the top of it and you can you know, synchronize it like that. But apparently it actually supports a modular setup. So you can use one machine to do everything if you wanted to, I, you know, in the way that we're probably all familiar. If you want to, you can use two machines, one which is the video monitor and one which is running Ardor. And if you want to, you can actually run it across three machines, one being the video server, one being the video monitor, and one being the outdoor session. Ah, so in a way, it's a little like the old Logic Node setup. I don't know if anyone yeah. really uses that anymore, but uh, yeah, slightly, maybe not quite as defined roles, but Logic Node was a, an application you could install on a, another computer on your network and offload processing to that computer for certain types of thing. Yeah, kind of, it was for offline renderings and things like that, wasn't it? It was particularly good for... Yeah, although I think you could use it for, for live processing as well. So there you go, that's an, an update to Ardor. Uh, there are, there to... is also another little change that jumped out at me as oh. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. They've, yeah they, they've also put OSC access to uh, gain parameters as well. Ah, that means that you can connect your touch OSC app or any kind of OSC thing and control the yeah. volume of the faders, yes? Yeah, so you'll be able to go in and out of the session to 
to kind of link those parameters together. So you could even use the parameters in the session to drive other things as well with automation data if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought that was kind of cool. Obviously, more details online about the release. The release is also available online. I, I was joking about it, but our door runs a system where it is an open source. It is an op- it is open source, so you can get the source code and build it yourself. Um, on Linux, it's generally available inside most package managers as well. But if um, you're a Windows or an RSX user, then there is a limited number of free binary downloads. Otherwise, they ask you to make a donation before they will give you a, before they will supply you the binary download link. We actually interviewed the Ardor uh, developer. Do you remember his name? His name's flown out of my head. Oh, that's so frustrating. I can't remember. Um, a couple of episodes no. back, though. Um, I should probably about no, no, it was, back or it was quite. It was it was last year sometime. Now, yes. Scott, it has been yes. a while since we've had a sound effects library on the audio podcast. This is partially because we haven't been doing the audio podcast. We we dropped out of doing the audio podcast for a few months, so obviously there's going to be a gap. But um, here we go. We've got a another gun related. Sound effects library for all you Foley Meisters out there. Nice. Foley Meisters. That's an incredible phrase. So this is from uh, the. We could copyright it if you want. (laughs) Yeah, if you you want to, you can hear. So this is from the recordist. Uh, Firearm Foley HD Pro has been released. If you had, if you were an, an owner of the original Firearms Foley library, then this is available under. Uh, better purchasing terms as well, so it's worth checking the website for that. But um, this is uh, a collection of, uh, you know, guns being fired and recordings being made of them, um, all, all being done <laughs> by the recordist as as well, which is pretty pretty exciting. Somebody else we've uh, we've interviewed as well, I believe, actually. Adam, have you listened hey, to any of the guy. sample files? No. Oh. Have you got one there? You're going to fire it. Uh, you can't. Though, no, I was just trying be... to remember his name, the gentleman's name. Um, there is a promotion running as well on the on on Firearms Fully HD running for the next couple of days. Oh, I should check that. Adam, have a look at which is your favourite gun out of that. While well, I quickly check this. Oh, I don't know. I don't know guns. I mean, I'm obviously going to know what an AK-47 is. Uh, and I've heard some of these other names here, but I couldn't tell you which is one that would... I, I don't think I have a favourite, actually. I don't think I have a favourite. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that out there. Um, I am also on the Recordist's website. There must oh, be an perfect. about page or something. Ah, oh, here we go. FAQ? Well, the the name that I was thinking of was Frank Bry. That's that's who that that's who it is. We did indeed interview the recordist, and the offer code is Sweet Fifteen, which is worth fifteen percent off if you use it during checkout. Make Excellent. And and when does that run out? The end of this week? Yeah, I think it's pretty near the month of June. So it runs for the whole of June. You can use the offer code Sweet Fifteen. Oh, okay. So there's you quite a lot of time off. left on that. Sweet. Yeah. Okay, now I'm guessing that uh, our show title is partly inspired by the next news item. Oh, yes. The uh, Alan and Heath, uh, new, some new Alan and Heath Mix Wizards were announced uh, this past week as well. The uh, WZ4s, uh, updates to the WZ, well, new WZ4s, uh, 16.2, 12.2, and a 1442. So, um, with that, uh, check that um, out. Uh, it's, 
in in out switching EQs on those there, a new dual digital FX processing inside them as well, a USB multi-track, uh, a USB multi-track interface option as well, and all of the stuff you would normally expect. So the four band EQ, if the two sweeper mids, hundred mil faders, six auxes, the stuff that kind of makes the mix wizards the desks they have always been. Which is of really course, cool. these are these are live focus desks, aren't they? Yeah, um, the mix wizards have always been yeah, they've always been live focus desks, and they continue to be to be so in that way there. Um, so you get things like on the fourteen four two, you get a, a six by two matrix in addition to what you would expect on the desk there as well. They come with their direct outs on all of the channels as well as inserts on all of the channels, and then you know a very kind of flexible kind of EQ routing system as well. Uh, they're beautiful live desks. Have you worked with one or? I don't think so. I, I haven't done very much live sound, so I've basically used whatever has been installed, and that's probably been like a century-old Soundcraft mixer that's been in a in this room installed in 1970, and maybe serviced once every ten years, missing a few fader caps, you know that kind of thing. Okay. Now, when I went to the I went to the website because I'm kind of interested in mix in mixing desks, particularly because. You know, I'd like a mixing desk that has plenty of outs, but also has, uh, sorry, plenty of ins, but also has a number of outs as well to go to things like samplers or whatever. So I went to have a look, and you know what caught my eye? We would have missed it because it was released in April this year, but the Allen Heath QU10, which is a digital mixer, actually looks really, the actual design of it looks really cool. So, um, yeah. That's a slightly different take on. It's not an. It's not a full analog mixer. It's a digital mixer. But yeah, that caught my eye. So I'd also suggest that people have a look at that. That's the QU16, which runs alongside the Mix Wizards WC uh, WZ4, uh, which has 16 2, 12-2, 14-4-2 configurations. And with that deluge of information comes <laughs> the end of the news. The, the, woe the is me. Woe, woe is, is you, me. is it? Uh, well, that is, you know, it is indeed the, the end of the news. Don't forget, um, you know, if you actually want to get some more detail, then you can find all the links out to all of the stories from uh, from the audio podcast uh, webpage. So that's the best way to go get it. We're just here to give you a kind of feel for what kind of things have been happening, and then you can go and uh, check it out yourself, which yeah. I think is the best way, you know, or at least that's my opinion of it. In that sort of way. So we should head into the plunder. Why is that the sound? Of, that's not a plunder sound. Is that the it sound of plunder? No, well, that's like uh, that would be in the movie, in audio, the audio podcast, the movie. That would be the music that would get us into the plunder section. Nice. That's awesome. So, uh, first <laughs> item, I, I, I actually, this actually made me think of you, Adam, because we had a discussion about this a couple of weeks ago. But I'm um, sure yes. have put together a really great article, Sure UK. There's a YouTube video to go alongside it, which is a discussion about analog or digital for radio mic transmission. Which um, exactly, and I think I might have had a look at this as well because uh, I was looking for well, I was I was looking for lapel mics, and then, of course I mentioned my lapel mic that I'm using today. But originally I was thinking, oh, no, would it be a good idea to get a wireless set? And looking into it, you have to you have to be careful. You have to know about the laws surrounding 
which channels you can use and that in that then tells you which equipment you can buy in certain circumstances and then there's analog which is the older system and they've got a new digital system which is a lot freer um, and not as weighed down by the 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 laws like radio frequency band laws that kind of thing uh, what what's the What's the overall thing of with analog? What what are the channel restrictions that we have in this country? I well, first of all, any anything we have to say would have to be UK related, and also it is it has recently undergone some major changes, and I I don't think it's appropriate for us to I don't think this is the best context for us to give definitive advice. So rather than give impartial, definitive. I I would prefer to give none. <laughs> As they say, but you you are correct. Um, there is licensed. The, the basic joke I always say is that there are licensed bands which are perfectly usable, and then there are the unlicensed bands which anybody can use, which are usable as long as you're kind of careful, and you also really shouldn't presume they are going to work. Um, the reason for that is just that um, you know you can go into a, a, you know any sort of you know shop that sells radio mics, and anybody can buy a fairly low quality radio mic which is going to use an unlicensed band. And if you have two people in adjacent venues trying to use them at the same time, then if, if everybody kind of plays ball and works together, you'll probably just about get it to work. But, you know, there's a good chance that lots of people are doing that. So the unlicensed band tends to be pretty unusable, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights, just because there'll be lots of people trying to use it with those kind of things. Whereas the licensed band actually gives you a allocated frequency in an allocated location and you can be, you know, anybody who then interferes with your transmission is is either intentionally breaking the law or is unintentionally using equipment which is badly configured and breaking the law. But um, so that should give you the guarantee. And that's actually the kind of summary that sure give to the to the decision is actually based on that. So they say that the analog systems still offer the greatest transmission distance. And if you have, if you're working in the license band and you've paid for a license then you can be guaranteed that the analog system will should work with no problems at all and you can have that kind of guaranteed but they counter that by saying that for most people using a digital transmission system which uses the unlicensed airways because it's digital it's a lot better at dealing with interference in, in the transmission there it's also quicker and easier to set up it doesn't require a license so it's actually cheaper as well so they recommend that for most circumstances people would be happier with a digital system but if you really need absolute kind of an absolute bulletproof kind of level of service by it, then you're better off with an analog system in the license bands. Mm. Like now, when I was looking at, into into these kinds of things, in the end, I've gone for a, a wired system just because I thought it would be simpler. Um, but when I was looking at it, I noticed that in particular, sure, they do, a, you know, obviously, sure, a microphone makers, so they have a lot of this kind of equipment uh, the wireless type of equipment um and i noticed that they that you have to watch out which models you buy because some of them are just for the licensed band some of them are just for the unlicensed band and there's no way of switching them there are some companies that uh do the analog systems where you can switch to uh different uh to switch between the analog uh, the licensed and the unlicensed bands and of course within these bands there are multiple channels so it's not like you can only have one there are maybe what six frequencies something like that 
that you can use within each band. Oh, it, it's quite the, a quite a wide stretch. I think if I remember correctly, in an analog system, you can run maybe sixteen different transmitters. Okay. In in, in the well, same range, they're, they're split between two. They're they're split between what are referred to as four lots of t- old TV channels, and they require two separate licenses for each set of eight. requires a ah, set, okay. requires a different license. But with the license system, you actually you you not only buy the the right to use the license, but you actually buy the right to use the license in a particular location, unless you buy a kind of world a kind of national license which allows you to use it anywhere. So it means oh, that they can. That, that's expensive, though. <laughs> well. Well, it gives you that reserved kind of right of places to do that, and you know, large organisations mm. will generally have that. But it means that a theatre can pay for the privilege of using a certain batch of licences in that fixed location, and nobody else is able to use those those ones in there. There, and with, with, the, with the fixed so- license stuff, you have to, you know, you would generally have it installed. You know, it will be installed correctly, built with professional level gear. So, you know, the transmitters will be running at an appropriate power. They won't be blasting it out. You know. At full power, they'll be running at an appropriate power level to be able to reach the receivers they need to communicate with. In the same sort of thing. And with the digital systems, what I noticed was Line Six in particular were pushing the uh, the adoption of the digital systems. And I was looking at the lower end, so I didn't really see if there were any short ones. But I was very interested in the digital side, which. Um, uh, if you compare analog low end and digital low end, the digital low end is more expensive, but it, it feels like to me it would be a better investment for, as you said earlier, for just like you or I, if we were just putting on a little gig and it would be useful to have a radio mic, it would be that would be the digital yeah. system would be much better than trying to faff around with the analog. Uh, particularly if that's in the unlicensed band. Yeah, if you're just wanting to set it up for your own use, you know, you know, for your own use or in a kind of very basic sort of situation, and what you're doing isn't kind of mission critical in any sort of way, then you know, using a kind of digital, using the digital system as a better, it, you know, is probably the right option. It means you don't have to go through the complexity of using the kind of licensed analog systems. As I said, there are unlicensed analog systems available, but they're generally they're increasingly unusable, which I think is the reason why I sure don't really talk about them as an option. And I think they're right to do that because if you buy one of those and go set it up, you just you know the last time I was anywhere when somebody was trying to do that, it just didn't work at all because there were so many other people trying to use it using use a similar thing on the same you know Friday night that it just didn't work. So it was appropriate not to you know. <laughs> It didn't work. You as could much. always steal a CB radio band if you really wanted to. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I'm saying obviously it's important. You know, it, illegally using the radio waves is a uh, is is a serious offence, which it is in in America as well. I'm saying the Americans have similar licensing restrictions over who may use what radio frequency for what purposes, in what places, mm-hmm. and at what times. So you should. Uh, so you should definitely seek a formal advice. And yes. if you're ever looking to, you know, if you're ever looking to buy equipment like radio mic equipment like that, then you should definitely feel, you know, you should kind of seek some sort of consultancy or whoever you're purchasing from will be able to advise you as to the most appropriate course of action to resolve that. That's right, because cool. me and Scott, Scott and I, we've just been chatting about it. And now I think we should start chatting Definitely about in the sound, audio podcast. Sound, yes. sound tourism. Sound tourism. Yeah. Um, which, I'll be honest, I didn't look at this. Uh, is it something to well, do with? Well, that's fine. 
it, it, so it's a no, website. Go, it's been in go. existence. It's it's a website been in existence for a couple of years. And what they would like to do is encourage you to consider going on when you're going on holiday to consider some sonic environments you might like to go visit. So mm. particularly unusual sounding environments, or you know ones that have particular acoustic effects, or even things like installations like the singing ringing tree up on up on Burnley for anybody who's in the northwest of England these kind of installations and you might want to go check them out and just have a listen to what they sound like. So I thought it was an interesting site. It has a link to things that people have suggested are worth listening, you know, positions on a map around the world. So if you're ever on holiday somewhere, you can maybe, you know, it might just be worth just checking to see if it's something, you know, something nearby that you kind of fancy going to see. I thought I it was cool. That's a, I like that's it. That's a cool idea. I like that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open that tab and have a look at it after the show. And <laughs> finally... Uh-oh. Finally, Minecraft. That's like hearing that. I, I it's like a a warning bell, a warning alarm, kind of like someone saying World of Warcraft or Dwarf Fortress. Um, <laughs> Time be wasted here. <laughs> um, remind me what Minecraft is, because it's all that's all soup to me. These kind of is it an MMO? It no. In, in, and it doesn't really matter oh. what Minecraft is. The, the cool thing about Minecraft is you can build things. So Minecraft, you can you, you build things and create things in there. You can build calculators, mini games inside games. It's an, it's an incredible an incredible game built by an indie developer and has a mass kind of massive ongoing gameplay. There is no real end to it. You just go and build bigger and bigger and bigger things. And one of the things oh. that people have started building is little um is is building little sequencers that play audio back. So what I've done here is just put a link to a Minecraft video of somebody's Minecraft session and in there they built a popular tune, shall we say. So they just set the tune <laughs> off and the tune automatically plays through as a little step sequencer. But I thought it was quite an interesting quite interesting to see that this kind of work is this kind of activity is being done. So I wanted I see, to uh, I, I, I've given Minecraft a bad rap there. I'm I'm sorry I'm sorry Minecraft and I'm sorry everyone who's involved in Minecraft. Well, I, that, so that was Sam. If if Sam had been able to join us this evening, Sam would have been our Minecraft expert, and he could have uh, he, he would no doubt have given us a, yet more examples to have a look at this. I'm sure he'll probably add something in the comments to that effect at some point. So there we Sweet. go. Awesome stuff. And with and that, so, we've made it talking, to the end of Thunder. Exactly. Talking of Minecraft brings us to the end. Um, I accidentally crashed you there, Scott. I'm sorry. Um, Fantastic the stuff. Problem, the problem is that you're leading and I'm kind of just behind you. So I've got to be more of a consultant in these oh, in these types of things. Anyway, so that's the we've come to the end of the of the plunder. We've done the news. Uh, you can catch all of our uh, notes from the show at theaudiopodcast.co.uk forward slash show forward slash 89. Visit us on Twitter. Uh, head to uh, send us an email. Uh, is that that show, is it? Show yeah, at yeah. theaudiopodcast.co.uk. Oh, yeah, and you can find us on Facebook and other things like that. We're, we're sorry that we ended up happening on Monday rather than Tuesday. Situation came about and thus it's been like that. If you want to, the best way though is if you hit subscribe to us on the YouTube, on our YouTube channel if you want to, or if you hit subscribe for iTunes, then whenever the show appears, you will have get it immediately, which is, uh, you know, which is really exciting. Otherwise, I'm sure you can find it in your own time. 
I've been Scott Hewitt. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've been Adam Yanch and will continue to be. I reckon we'll be back next week with some more news and lots of chatting about audio stuff. See you next week. See you next week. Bye.